This is another episode of Better Taiwan, where we discuss the impact of COVID-19 on the livelihoods of the people on this island and what we're doing to overcome these obstacles and difficulties. Today's topic is about university, namely, it's about National Taiwan Normal University (NTNU). In case you're wondering, so is there an abnormal university? Well, Normal University is the old name given to Teachers College, but nowadays NTNU, also known as Shida, is more than just a teachers college. In fact, every year, upwards of fifteen thousand students enroll at the college, of which more than ten percent are international students. That's because NTNU is also known for its Mandarin Training Center, one of the biggest and definitely the oldest here in Taiwan. So every year, thousands of students from around the world, including Australasia, Europe, Americas, the Middle East, Africa, the Caribbeans, come to study at NTNU, which is understandably concerning given 2020's COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. In fact, on Monday, March 30th, one of the students at NTNU was tested positive for COVID-19. Three days later was the start of a four-day long weekend for Tomb Sweeping Festival. The school took this opportunity to start a campus-wide disinfection and also to start rolling out its remote learning strategy, the first university in Taiwan to do so. This strategy launched on April sixth, a week after that first student was tested for COVID nineteen, and on April twenty-third, three weeks into. NTNU's campus-wide remote learning strategy. We caught up with Mary Goodwin, American literature professor at NTNU, to find out about this web-based tech teaching methods and how they're affecting her classes. So let's have Mary here on ICRT. Hi, Mary. Good morning, and、uh, thank you for joining us here on ICRT. Good morning, good morning, Joey, and thanks for、uh, inviting me here. So I understand you've been teaching your students remotely at NTNU. Is the Ministry of Education enforcing it, and how do your fellow teachers feel about it? Well,、um, because the students are、um, taking classes online right now, we don't have a we don't have kind of like a perspective on the ground. But I have to say that Ministry of Education said that classes bigger than sixty and a hundred students at different times are ordered online. But I have a class of fifty-one, fifty-two students, and the virus doesn't know—you know—doesn't have a contract to only come into the classroom if there are fewer than sixty. So I think we're worried. The students have to travel a distance. They're living in the dorms, stacked up, sixty. You know, we're worried that transmission is inevitable. And the only way to break it really is to stay away. And it's unlikely too with their their culture. I think that the students are always kind of like sitting on top of each other or very close to each other. They're, you know, you can't really separate them. You can make them wear masks. They do that, but otherwise, they're still a great risk. I think. Okay, so you've been teaching online courses to your to your fifty odd students, or actually, it's there's more than just one class, isn't it? Both actually, I've been doing both classes. When we came back late after Chinese New Year around March second, everything was business as usual. There were no temperature checks, and no, it was like an idyllic little perfect place where there was no fear. But gradually, we started getting more and more restrictions, and I became really freaked out listening to the news from the states. So、uh, eventually, I decided by myself around March twentieth to go online with some good encouragement from the IT people in our department.、Mm. Okay, and how long did it take for the IT to figure out how to do the hardware? 
<laughs> they're still figuring it out, actually. <laughs> we started with Zoom, which I must say, sadly, has security problems, but it's a really good platform. So I hope they work out the security bugs soon. We're now, some of our uh, people are, but I'm using Cisco WebEx. WebEx is very close to Zoom in terms of the, the function, the sharing, and so on. It doesn't have these breakout rooms that Zoom uh, uses as a real genius kind of function. It doesn't have that. But otherwise, it's pretty, you know, it's manageable, works. What's the biggest problem you face so far as a teacher teaching to a class of more than 50 students using these online platforms? Well, I really miss the in real time feedback. You know, I think I told you guys that um, I'm used to telling these excellent jokes to my class and I want I want immediate feedback from the students. <laughs> I want them to laugh. But now everybody mutes themselves when they enter class. So in order to laugh at my excellent jokes, they have to, you know, unmute themselves, laugh, haha, and then mute themselves again. <laughs> so so it's not a the flow is different. It's very different, yeah. Okay, so that's one downside to not get the feedback of your students. Uh, what about the very important part of teaching is when students need to ask questions or you need to know if they're getting what you're saying? I think that's no problem at all. And strangely enough, it seems like a very impersonal medium, but it's been much more of a personal experience than I ever thought it would be because students seem to have more confidence talking, like whispering into their little screens than they do, you know, standing up in class and speaking out with the pressure of a lot of people around them. So students have told me over and over again that they appreciate this format. They're able to ask questions and speak. And I regularly count call on all of them. So I know where they are. You know, I know whether they have questions. I don't see their faces so much, but I can interact with them. But um, the other thing is that we don't rely on testing rote memorization because online that would be kind of a disaster, right? Um, students would be able to look up everything. They just had their midterms the other day and I can't teach anything like dictionary definitions or something that I would do maybe in class. So we teachers have to be more creative about how to you know, figure out if the students really comprehend what they're doing. And I think this goes for everybody in Taiwan. Taiwan has relied a long time on rote memorization in high school, especially. That has to change. And, and how has it performed so far? Has it improved? Has it... Uh... I think so, too. I think that we are more worried about monitoring them. So um, we send out more and more group work and the students use little line groups or whatever to fill out their Google Docs and to um, send it in. And I can correct stuff in real time while everybody's watching. So really, I think this technology has more advantages than disadvantages. We have been talking in theory about MOOCs, these massive open online courses for years, right? But now everybody is sort of forced to be that, to do that. So I think it's, you know, it's going to change everything. We're going to be more creative, more personal about the way that we teach online. Everything's going to change. Okay. Um, you teach literature. Uh, do you see or have you talked to any of the other teachers about how this mode of teaching might be a problem for their subjects? <clears throat> yes, definitely. In my in my department, we have people who teach public speaking and who teach pronunciation and everything. But frankly, I still think that those things can be done online. I mean, you you know, you you present yourself as a public speaker or a PowerPoint or whatever videotaped everybody can see it in the same way we don't have the same kind of like body language um issue you know what i mean if students are prone to walking around while giving speeches you can't really see that online as much 
But I think in terms of like pronunciation or other skills, these can be very accurately assessed online. Do you have any idea how this sort of technology is being being implemented in at the educational sector in other countries? Yeah,、uh, in the states,、um, they're also facing the same kind of challenges. A lot of teachers and administration、uh, people are reluctant to forego the traditional face-to-face、um, classes, right? But they're learning and、um, applying. I think in the same ways, they have synchronous and asynchronous、uh, lessons. The synchronous ones, we we get in touch with students and we have discussions online through through Moodle or whatever. I mean, through Zoom or whatever. But the、um, lectures, I think, can easily be uploaded and viewed, and this has been done on YouTube for ages. Right? I think this is this is where we're entering a moment of like a singularity. Right? Singularity is where、uh, we reach a kind of like a point of no return in development. That technology kind of leaps forward, and everything looks different. And I think with the whole world forced to use technology to go online, it will create some kind of You know, change in in perception, change in in ways that we use it. It it was before it was more of a novelty, and now it's a necessity. And I really like what you mentioned previously about how students are now、uh, pretty much unable to take、uh, in class exams because you you're not sure if they might be, you know, looking up the right answer. But I think that's a good thing for Taiwan, or at least for Asian students, because. Our educational system has always had a problem where tests are the only thing to assess them, and they just keep on memorizing things without being able to digest them.、Um, this could be a huge pro for Taiwan in the future. I would say too, like like I said, I think it's better for my students than for me. I really do miss a live audience. I really, <laughs> I really cherish face to face. Uh, meetings with people. I think this is one reason I'm really glad Taiwan's not in a complete lockdown now because I have a chance to go to the gym. You know, I can talk to real people in real time for at least like 45 minutes at a time. <laughs> But、uh, I really miss that, and I think most of us in this profession we didn't get into teaching in order to sit behind a screen all day. You know, we got into it in order to see the kids and see whether they are what they're registering emotionally. And intellectually, but we can we can make it work. And I think with the younger generation too, that they're much more adaptable to this form. They've been using it themselves for a long time, so it's not a shock to them.、Um, schools, aside from being an educational establishment, is also a place where you learn to socialize. Now, maybe that is out of the equation, eh? Oh, absolutely. And I heard you actually on the radio yesterday talking about. Dating in this time, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that kind of rite of passage or that really important, you know, that really important step in keeping civilization going. Right? I can't imagine it th- these days. You know, they absolutely need to be away from each other. You know, and I, I it's got to affect a whole generation. You know. But but yeah, so missing all of those social activities, I'm sure this is going to have a negative impact. And there are a lot of things you can't do online. You can't have cheering squads and、uh, athletic contests and that kind of thing online. It's true. Even though we, you know, in literature, we think that literature is the only thing that they should be doing in school. Obviously, you know, obviously it isn't. And they need they need the full 360 kind of、uh, experience. They need that. 
And with this kind of disease, you know, either we're going to have to find some way to protect them. A friend of mine was talking about walking around in hazmat suits like forever, right? <laughs> but, but, you know, we're going to have to find some way to protect them or we're going to have to find. And even if we find a vaccine for this thing that, you know, is, is potentially uh, not probable because it mutates so much, even if we find a vaccine, there will be other viruses, you know, there will be other problems. So how to keep them safe and thriving is, I think, our greatest challenge. Well, thank you, Mary. And there you have it. Remote teaching could become a thing to stay and become much more prevalent than before. Students and teachers alike have to find a way to adapt to this new way of interacting with each other. In fact, our entire educational system and examination processes could experience a huge shift in momentum. But for the most part, it would seem that, at least for the literature students, it's a welcome change. On the other hand, how well, say, science students find lab space to experiment or performing arts students find enough space to practice? Now, that's a conversation for our next episode. But please do share your thoughts and experience with us on Facebook at ICRT FM 100. And remember to stay home, stay safe, and always wash your hands. This has been another episode of Better Taiwan. Catch you next week.